It's interesting how insecure Rodney Dangerfield is. I mean, he, oh, it, well, he, he wrestled most comedians with are. And he wrestled with depression pretty hardcore. I heard that from multiple sources. Hey. Uh. <laughs> what, is that your Dangerfield? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your twice monthly podcast, temporarily delivering the juice on the Jomo. <laughs> and I am your host, Aaron. And with me, as always, are my co-hosts, two men who settled, I believe indisputably, of, of which ERP the world prefers. <laughs> Gentlemen, introduce oh, yourselves yes. and, and answer the question for you personally. Is, yes. it, is it Herp or Derp? Uh, I'm Ryan, and I am Team Herp. <laughs> You're you're probably the only one. Uh, I feel like no, it was not was, very popular. <laughs> no, there was some. I'd say the. Who it, are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Caleb. I uh, am the creator of. Actually, no, oh, no, wait, no. Don't take credit. No, the ghost of the iconic moment created a uh, a poll. A about Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Herp versus Derp. Good to know he is tweeting from the afterlife. Well, yeah, it's uh, it is very reassuring. Yeah, <laughs> um, I voted. I I think I voted Herp because I really. Just, yeah, well, I just underdog. Where are my herpes at? Not that, <laughs> that at all. Great. Nope. It's uh, in my pants. See, no, see, everybody wanted to go that way with it, but I, well, of course, I was, I was, uh, you know, the ghost was. God, it's hard to. The ghost was <laughs> trying to push for the herpetologists out there to participate. Oh, okay. Did they? Did any? I don't know. Like, the ghost was unable to like see who voted. I don't. That's a uh, nice ju- tie-in with Cobra. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good. Yes. Good. That's. That <laughs> was what so, we planned. Yeah, I'm Caleb Herp. <laughs> I, I was firmly team derp, but uh, uh, and I was not surprised. The the, the poll results were seventy eight percent derp, twenty two percent herp. I think it's indisputable that you guys are ladies, minority ladies, here. This is the kind of quality content. You hold come to hold up, hold up. Twenty two percent herp, seventy eight percent derp. One in five people. <laughs> oh no! This poll is in alignment with all other national statistics, as far as this I is understand not a them. poll about herpes, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think that that is artificially low. I think many more oh, people, yeah. according yeah. to stuff Sounds I read, like there were a lot of dirt voters out there that got herpes. <laughs> this does not let's not kid ourselves. There is no judgment. I by ser- the way. according to my extensive research on herpes, for no other reason than information. Uh, yeah. Welcome like to the show, everybody. <laughs> uh, as you no doubt know, we're taking a brief break from Transformers. Currently, uh, we've decided to cover the July 4th of movies. Oh, hell no. Nah. I'm not talking about Independence Day and certainly not Independence Day resurgence. We're not uh, born on the 4th of July. Definitely not talking about that. No, we're talking about G.I. Joe the movie from 1987, a movie whose special edition DVD comes with bottle rockets and Budweiser. <laughs> 
And, you know, at at the very least, actually, speaking of special editions for this movie, they should have one that comes with a digital copy. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. Because, uh, like we mentioned last episode, I can barely get it to play in my computer. Most computers nowadays do not have DVD players. It is a pain in the ass to hook up an old computer with a DVD player. I'm not watching this from my living room. You gotta take notes. Yeah, it's a whole. I have had to open the app, the video folder, and select all the video files, and then click (laughs) open, and then maybe it'll play it. And the 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 timing is all off. So can you? Do you have? You have? I mean, that's a dumb question. You have like a Blu-ray player, right? I do, but I'm trying to play it in the computer so I can like do like. It's just easier. Yeah, well, you, but you do all your work in your living it's room. It's true. Your I, living room is an office for lack I of I have a, it. It's true. And I do have it on the, I put it on the TV sometimes, but like, I, also, I, I just like to listen in the headphones. I know what you're doing. If I know you, and I'm, I'm not, this isn't a criticism, <laughs> uh, I know that you probably like to do your work watching the Joe on your laptop so that you can simultaneously it's watch other content on your television. I do like to have background stuff. Yeah. Usually, angry video game nerd, or I've come currently running through all of Thirty Rock. Yeah, oh, I so love that show. It, it it helps Ryan's creative process if he's actually. I mean, I remember he has to have distractions Ryan, to be creative. Bef- like when mm-hmm. I, back in like uh, the early early two thousands and late nineteen nineties, <laughs> I remember Ryan was one of the few people I knew that would actually had two television sets set up in his living room and watched, they were next to each other and would watch two television shows like simultaneously like Nixon style well I also had it that way so I could watch TV while I'm playing a video game yeah but I I would come in sometimes and you were watching two different sometimes, tele- yeah. television shows sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> was one on mute you don't remember this I kind of do but I think I remember more of the video game piece of it not the Two uh, shows. One was probably That's lower. I, obviously, mm, one was. So, I'm, I'm so hot. I'm on the next level, baby. And obviously, one was for regular programming, and the other one was for. Ryan is watching TV in the fourth dimension. I'm <laughs> playing 4D TV. I like how you're trying to cover up the video games with the video games that you were obviously watching regular TV shows and pornography. Somehow. I do. I do. Did and do heavily consume pornographic films. Would you pornographic films? <laughs> would you watch? Would you watch pornography while watching? television and that then, seems then like days. you're trying to fly too close to the sun on wings <laughs> of wax my next my next question is have you ever watched two porns simultaneously <laughs> that. i have actually done that i've done two windows <laughs> so yeah i think that's that common seems, practice sure oh, but on a really? computer screen not that's, like no not, not, not with two times i do still have all my beans to cathode rays distracting to me i do i'm playing 4d come i do still open this door i do still have all my old dvds and vhs porns from wow they're down in the basement Oh, where they belong. Locked away in the vaults. <laughs> Vault by vault, he means in the corner of the There's room. a filing cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's been weeks since we've seen each other. It did not take long to get here. No, nope, <laughs> it did not. Um, I know we talked a big game last episode about TFCon, but uh, we must have been looking at pre-Columbian Mesoamerican calendars. Not sure. Because uh, that <laughs> this is really the TFCon yeah, You and Mike Cybert are at TFCon right now. Right here. now. Okay, yeah. And maybe I... We're interviewing Ron, Ron Friedman, Friedman, credited writer of Transformers and G.I. Joe the movie. Amongst others. Amongst other things he's credited for. I don't know if you want to go into it with an asterisk when you're interviewing him. Like, you're I, the credited writer. I kind of want to. Oh, okay. I, I mean, Caleb wants an in-depth interview with real new insights and emotions and, well, yes, of and course feeling. I do. And, you know, he doesn't want a boilerplate. It's true. You're Ron Friedman. 
That was miming of sucking a dick. For our listeners. I was taking my openish I, fist and moving and if it I towards can, my lips oh. and away from my if lips. If I can uh, judge by that technique, I do not want to be blown by you. I have, it looked aggressive and not good. I have complete confidence that right now, as people are listening to this, you guys are probably... Uh, you are having probably one of the best Ron Freeman interviews that have ever had. God, I hope he. Oh, I hope God, he asks if you guys optimistic. want to do blow. <laughs> I want to do blow. I would one hundred percent do with blow Ron with Freeman, Ron Freeman. I'd be afraid he'd have a heart attack on sight. I mean, <laughs> he is old. Hey, it's not my blow. We'll anyway, see. We'll anyway, see. I'm, then, I'm then very, gotta, and then that becomes the. Adventure. I'm very, That's weekend at Bernie's three. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what hap- what comes of this Ron Freeman interview. Obviously, I'm I. I Started the correspondence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. I haven't, I haven't, but, I haven't reached back out to him. I need, I intend to this weekend. Okay, okay. you guys need to. I, I'm excited. I, I don't have. I need to set my expectations low so that I'm pleased with whatever happens. And that's not on you guys. Whatever happens that's will be on, great because it will. it'll be Ron Friedman. Yeah. Uh, I think I want to try and get one with Dilly too. That would be yeah. amazing. Cyber- yeah, I mean, it's not going to be as good as my interview with him. Oh, yeah. But- <laughs> Yeah, while you're yeah, while you're interviewing Ron Friedman, can you have a vacuum cleaner going in the background? Please? Uh, Mike and I have already planned for jokes way. like that. I really if that we let me really if I talk tries. to Dilly, I will uh, mention that we have a secretly recorded. Tape. <laughs> Let's not call it secret. See how see how nervous he gets about it. I and honestly don't think he would give a shit. I don't think he would because I don't think he would say anything weird no, to a stranger. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> What you can't hear is that he's got his hand in my pocket. Like the worst, like the worst ever would be if we played back your tape and he said something like, "Oh God, no!" You know what I really like? No, no. butter in my ass and popsicles in my mouth. Jesus. So (laughs) TFCon is happening right now as we speak. If you're at TFCon, seek us out. Send a tweet or something. Uh, Get together. Let's bend an elbow. It'll only be Aaron representing. Unfortunately, Caleb and I cannot make it. Your third favorite member of the podcast will be there. A member of the podcast will be there. (laughs) Let's not Uh, forget who else is going to be there with you. Mike Seibert! We've been talking about that this whole time. Yeah, I mentioned him. I think it's inferred. And and Mike and I will actually be working the the interview together. Yep. Uh, And and we probably shouldn't talk too much about it. In fact, we should edit all this out if it turns out I give you like a a quick call like, it's not going to happen. Rod Friedman is dead. We can't be placed (laughs) in the same location as him. We're dead to him. He said (laughs) so. If he actually listens to any of our work before Mm. we meet up, we will be dead to him. Yeah, I don't don't feel like he's going to. He seems like he can roll with the punches. So, uh, a quick shout out that I'd like to send out there. This is kind of an interesting one to uh, an Instagram follower of ours. If he is on Twitter, I do not know it, but uh, goes by the handle of Jay Luttig on Instagram. And the reason I want to shout him out is because a, a comment he made made me laugh continuously over the last couple days here. I, so, I was doing a little thing on Twitter where I was posting comparison shots yes. of Zeta and unique, and unique toys versus versions of the Combaticons, and I also intended to do that on Instagram, but I ended up just putting a couple up and kind of forgetting (laughs) to put stuff up on Instagram, but I posted a nice overhead shot of all the characters in vehicle mode, and I just asked a question. I was like, Zeta versus Unique Toys, what's your favorite? And he replied, depends on if you like Pantsformers. Hurry up with the Yo Joe stuff so you guys can get back on the G1 train. (laughs) (laughs) So that made me chuckle. Sure. And uh, I guess there's a couple people out there that would like us to wrap this shit up. (laughs) Wrap it up. (laughs) 
But well, we're I mean, as I of right like now, we're in... twenty minutes into it. It's moving along. Maybe it feels like it's I mean, slow to people since we're only doing, doing every two time, weeks. Approximately. Give us give us a break, man. <laughs> <laughs> I also, don't give us a break. I thought it was just, funny. I also yeah. feel like the Venn diagram of Transformers and GI Joe fans is pretty large. Like there's a pretty good crossover. He's on the sliver on the outer uh, edge. Not to the, discount him, I understand. I much prefer Transformers, but uh, you know, I have been. I was not really a GI Joe fan, but this has been a fun dip yeah. into that pool. Yeah, it has been fun, and, and I think it's getting more fun because this Cobra Law shit and, and seeing it Falcon just gets crazier. Not to get too ahead of ourselves, but Falcon. This fucking piece of work. <laughs> so, oh, you know, oh. I bet listeners are really on the edge of their seat about how that 70s party turned out. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it last we, episode. We talked, oh, we we talked about it planning had, for it. It hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Now it's happened. And, yep. you know, it was pretty it was, normal. It was, there was, yeah, we dressed up and we ate food. That's really about it. But I, I got to say the Jello uh, with the horseradish. Yeah. And the, was there cucumber? It was cucumber, pineapple, horseradish, and cilantro. God, I lime, wanted to like jello. it in concept, but it, I, I'm sure it's good if your palate is uh, it's not, ready for it. It's not really standalone. Like, you oh, need to God. eat it. Like Are we really talking about this right now? <laughs> It's it was it's good with meats like like grilled meats or the ham. It's good like in conjunction as like a sauce. You should have brought some seventies grits. The listeners would have definitely loved to hear it. Say sideburns. We keep talking. We talk about. I'm trying to bring up grits in every episode. I don't know why. If I can, you get, you're getting paid by the grit people. Caleb, yes, you just recently had a birthday. I did. Uh, how was it? It was great. How old are you? I am 41. I have a macabre, if not a fun, Mechanic. if not fun, little trivia game to oh, play with you here. Is this my Mind? birthday gift? Well, uh, if you, uh, if here's, if what, I, here's if what we're going to do. Okay. Would you like to know what your birthday gift is? I don't have it here. I'll maybe have it in the next few weeks. Uh, I Would you like to know what it is? I mean. Right now? At I, this very minute? Yes. Okay, that's what you're playing for then. <laughs> okay. Because if, if, if you win this game that we're about to play, okay. you will. I will tell you what and show you what your birthday present will be. If you don't win, I'm not. I'm not going to fucking tell you. Okay. Now, if you'd have said I don't want to know, then the prize or the if you'd have lost, I would have forced you to find out what your birthday <laughs> present is. Uh, for, what, do you mean, what do you mean force me to find out? Like how would you? Force I would have said to, this is what I got you, fucker. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Surprise ruin. So I should have said no. It doesn't. Sure there was no. There was no uh, right or wrong all answer. Right. I want to play the game. Okay. Listener, if you haven't picked up on it, we at the APDC are somewhat inappropriately obsessed with the concept of death. And as the clock tick-tocks down on our own heart bombs, we're with, with <laughs> nary a cuttable blue wire in sight. I would like to play a little game I've invented called Lottie Lottie, Look Who Didn't Make It Past 40. <laughs> Caleb, this is a celebration of the people that you have proven yourself to be better than, if only because you've made longer. it past 40. Okay. We and are playing for the knowledge of what your birthday present is, which is not here, but will be here. Mine in also is weeks. in transit. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm fine with that because I would say usually 75 to 80% of the time, mm -hmm. Aaron's gifts are always late. That's However, true. they're worth waiting they're for. The payoff is always outstanding. Good. I'm glad Where's, you said that. Ryan's, Ryan's gifts are it's, it's It's hit and miss. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an old cheese. Was burger. last year the one where we gave you the Voyager disc? Yeah. yeah that, was, was that was a good one. That was a, good, that was a combined damn. gift. Combined. Was Although a Ryan gift. did all the work. It was a great gift. Just like at our This one's not as good. good. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. 
I've got five five uh, trivia questions. So here. I got to guess the you person. Have, you have to get three of five right. Each question set oh, up a really? little bit differently. So I only have to get three of five. You have to get three of five. Are you All ready? Right. Like the Borg. Okay, yeah, that's seven of nine. I know, but it depends on the crew. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Why we don't have to interject our stupid reference into everything? Well, why you even have me on the show? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. This 1960s comedic counterculture icon was famous for injecting satire laced with vulgarity on comedy albums such as The Sick Humor of Lenny Bruce Bruce. and Lenny Bruce (laughs) Carnegie Hall Concert. Caleb, who is this? Lenny Bruce. Very good. (laughs) He's doing great. I would have said Harpo Marx. I said it when you said, I I mean, yeah, I'm. Yeah, let's do this. He, he worked on this. 40. Let him get the question. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> no, it's, no I don't, I'm, you're fine. You're fine. Um, let me ask you this. Do you know how he died? Yeah, drug overdose. Yeah, that, yeah. Like everybody in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Okay. Uh, he died in 1966. Oh. Well, he was in the curve. Fucking, you must have read a book or watched a documentary or something. I'm f- fucking fucking you're, rock star, dude. <laughs> All right. This swinging band leader was certainly not... In the mood for his plane to disappear over the English Channel, never to be seen again. Oh, wow. You know, I should know this, but I probably uh, should. Wow. Obviously, I don't know the answer. All right, uh, Duke Ellington. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer is Glenn Miller. No shit. I did not know that. I didn't either. Interesting fact. And I like Glenn Miller. They never found the plane? Or Your clue was in the mood. I know, but unfortunately, I... As much as I should, okay. know, I, as I should know. Get into some of your old swing. I should know that. I did not know that. Jazz swing. Uh, true or false? The Baltimore Ravens are named after the poetic creation of never more than 40-year-old Edgar Allan Poe. Hmm. False. Sorry. The answer is true. Really? Poe spent a lot of time in Baltimore. He ultimately died in Baltimore. When originally, when originally unveiled, the Ravens actually had three mascots that were costumed, Edgar, Allen, and Poe. And after the 2009 wow. season, Edgar and Allen were retired, and Poe is to this day the sole uh, mascot of the Baltimore Ravens. Fascinating. I would... Like I wish more teams had like nineteenth century. Like that crosser, like that. Yeah, I mean, one of my chickens actually I named Lenore after a Pope poem. Well, yep. Are you going to start watching football now? Absolutely not, Kayla. All right, so you got you need to the get rec- the next two. For the record, yeah, I've you got are one, one and three. Okay, I, I believe in you. This sexy contemporary of Dizzy Gillespie, Miles Davis, and Thelonious Monk is supremely loved by jazz fans worldwide. I, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, John Coltrane. That's right. Congratulations. Yes! All right. It's down to this one. It's a barn God. burner. <laughs> Jesus. Help. This famous <laughs> pop vant garde singer-songwriter was caught awry when he was murdered outside his apartment in 1982. Oh, thank God. John Lennon. Outside of the Dakota. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so relieved. Oh, that you did it. Easy. You did it, yeah. I, uh, I yeah. saw the Dakota whenever I was in New York. Oh, did Not you? because of John Lennon, but because it's the uh, apartment that Rosemary Woodhouse lives in in Rosemary's Baby. Of course it wouldn't have so anything to do with John So, I get Lennon. to see what I'm getting for my birthday. Okay, close your eyes. I'm going to bring it up here on the screen. I close my eyes. closed. I'm not going to tell you what I got you, so that can be disappointing. <laughs> when you let's like when you open a present and uh, there you repeat what it is, like oh, it's a blank. That's always a bad sign. Yeah. Okay, you can open your eyes. You have 
won wow. the knowledge of your birthday present, which is wow. a brand new Transformers Generations War for Cybertron Shockwave he looks, Leader Class. He looks magnificent. Oh, he, yeah, I don't. I, I should have probably looked up some copy Does on he, it so I could read it in a game show esque fashion. Looks like he can change from him normal self to like an enhanced version of himself. Correct. There are lots of parts that you can put on him to like make him have multiple so, arms, and he turns into he turns into sort of a spaceship, and also I think he does have a secret gun mode that they don't talk Ooh. about. I'm excited because I, I moved into a new office and I have a lot of extra desk space now so I'm, t I'm planning on taking this. Oh, you could have him as a desk bot. Yeah, I have I have the other shockwave you've got me, and then that tra that optimist that you got me, and I plan on kind of putting them up on my desk. That's great. There you go. Happy birthday. Thank you. That's, a, that's amazing. Wow. Thank you so very much. All right. Maybe we should get into the show. Ryan, looking forward to seeing what you got me. <laughs> uh, in regard to our game show we just played, I was going to write up a piece on Paul Walker, but it was running off the road, so I killed it. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and... Let's wrap this up. Here's a little preview, Caleb, of who you will be playing against next year. Uh, King Richard the Lionheart died in battle at age 41. Good way to go. Jane Austen died at 41. And Alan Turing, the father of modern computing, died at age 41. Can you beat them? Uh, if I'm still alive. <laughs> I've been thinking about this birthday because this is my this is my um, uh, life, the universe, and everything birthday. I'll be 42 in October. That's right. Exciting. We should have a. You want to have uh, a. You want to have a themed uh, birthday? Uh, uh, Douglas uh, Adams. Douglas, theme? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know because it's hol We always do Halloween, but um, you, can be you can be dark gently. West is want maybe West is wanting to run a half marathon in Kansas City the weekend before, so um, I will probably run that with her if she decides to for sure do it. Um, but yeah, the, so it'll put the party after Halloween, like the second of November, which is always a bummer. But yeah. people will still dress up for the second of November. All right. Okay. Last episode recap. The Joes show little respect for Rap City as they carelessly, and I might even accuse them of drunkenly, guard the BET. <laughs> I don't care if we have to drive all night. We're going to be there by morning. <laughs> Flawless. Cobra also flips the channel on the Wendy Williams show. Despite being directed to destroy everything except the BET, hundreds of lasers and explosions whiz right by Earth's energy savior. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Serpentor is captured. Cobra retweets. <laughs> retweet with comment. It, Cobra retweets into the Himalayan mountains. Uh, Joes give chase, and the whole crew is attacked by some insane-looking waspy reptile hybrid uh, army. I guess Cap <laughs> captures everybody. It's hard to know what's going on with them. Are they an army? Are they just sort of secret civilization? I guess I, I, got guns. They're they trained. They're an army. We end with new friend Pythona offering the Dreadnoughts a giant pink quartz to go rescue. <laughs> so let's get into we our... We never see that quartz ever again. Nope, never comes back. I do have a bit of house cleaning. Just uh, I found out that uh, Roadblock does tend to rhyme. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, gotcha. We mentioned that last did, episode. Did we... We should have done the research. Does Blaster always rhyme? Tend to... And is it tend to rhyme or always? Rhyme? Not always. Like wheelie always rhymes. Yes. No, okay. it's just occasional. I would like okay. to see a rap battle between Blaster and Roadblock. I mean, I want to just see a friendship between Blaster oh, and Oh, I'm sure it's all in good fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like dissing each other. It's not a, like a to the death battle. It's like nine, what is it, eight mile competition? Well, I yeah, I think they can be friends and rap battle each yeah. other. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, get that done. 
<laughs> you do that. <laughs> Draw do something. <laughs> I was pleased with the amount of attraction that my Cobra Commander drawing of him playing poker was great. That uh, that background I actually took out of one of my seventies like uh, inter- interior design books. Interesting. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. Nice concept. Yep. Wonder who came up with that. All of us is collectively. Uh, me. Um, let's listen back to the tape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we open up this episode uh, on what I believe could be classified as a headquarters command center. Uh, we've got a handful of these Conquest X30s, which, by the way, is an apple they're nice. going to take several bites out of, mm. uh, flying towards the screen uh, at us, at the camera. And we find ourselves in a room with Duke, General Hawk, Flint, uh, Lifeline, and I think Frostbite is Duke. the other character in the room here. I never noticed, but behind Duke in, uh, in uh, what's, is it? The what's, missiles? That, yeah, it's a, it's a framed image on the wall of just a bunch of missiles. It's a weird thing for General Hawk to just have that as art. <laughs> it seems like it good sense. military art. Makes sense. So Duke at this point is hot pissed yeah. over the fact yes. that uh, Roadblock's whole unit is missing. He uses the term fang gang. <laughs> I was going to get to that. And I was going to say, Ryan, I was going to leave sorry. it to you to bring in an interpretation of that. So Duke is pissed. Hawk is pretty calm. He's kind of like chill bro that Joes are going to be all right. Uh, but Duke's concerns run a little bit deeper in that he's expecting Cobra to attack, seeing as how at this base here they've got Serpentor in addition to the BET. Flint offers to get a search party together, go collect Roadblock. I guess my argument would be, why did they leave the Himalayas without getting their people to begin with? Excellent question. They had to get the BET out of there. I I guess so. That's a priority over the human capital that is... Let's uh, let's not even... Let's not... I I will probably bring this up later, but... Why do you have to go do this in the Himalayas? <laughs> you know how far away true. that is? It's on the other side of the planet. It's not that easy <laughs> to put together a team to fly I mean, if you're, looking, if you're yeah. looking for a cold weather environment, Canada's very friendly. Yeah, Probably double-digit hours. The Rockies are also probably a good choice. <laughs> I don't know. But why not there on a very it's, secure Joe base? Just, Unless cold has something, to, it has to be constructed cold, which is transformers. In language. this world, apparently, the Himalayas are very close, and it seems like they, the Chinese government is cool with American special forces right. being on their turf over and, and over. At this or time, it's very secretive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically, in the movie, they don't say it's the Himalayas. I only know that from reading the script, but. It's pretty clearly not America. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they never do say the Himalayas in the movie. No. Oh, okay. But the script says it. Yeah. Okay. And I think everywhere I've read, it references the Himalayas. But gotcha. uh, Hawk gives the okay to get a group together and, and a little rescue mission. We get a room full of Yojos, and the crew runs off to the action. And, and Duke, at this point, he just. He just cocked, cocked his, his pistol. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a thing you should do. It is in, also the in most complica- office. complicated looking pistol I have ever seen. There are ins and outs and tunnels yeah. and like little I don't know. things I just, all I over. I just saw him just cock his gun because I'm just waiting. He's gonna. That thing's gonna be. Loaded. Oh yeah, he's ready to go, and he's running long. down the hallway. Yeah, yeah okay. They're just, they're, I hope it doesn't fall out of that his just, pocket. That's just concerning to me. Well, so, we know he has a daughter, so I guess he didn't shoot off his dick. You mean Morgan Fairchild? Yes. <laughs> As Casey Kasem chastised this last episode, uh, it was, uh, what is it? Uh, the Fair, Fair Melissa Fairborn. Melissa Fairborn, not Morgan Fairchild. <laughs> Just... uh, Casey Kasem, Marissa, not Melissa. Feed on the rag, go fuck yourself. Uh. 
Took. Everything was wrong. A Falcon about that. Crest thing. <laughs> so they're running down the hall. Yo, Joe. So Duke at this point, he uh he lets General Hawk know that he has accelerated the training of some new recruits so that they can be ready to fight in the event of some sort of uh cobra attack. <laughs> I do like that. They're like, we're really rushing in their training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Hawk but and Hawk seems to think that that's a glass half full statement. Referring to the fact that Beachhead is a fucking asshole, and so, you know, it's... Uh, he doesn't seem like the right guy for the job. Which is interesting, because in the books, Beachhead is very calm, cool, and collected. Like, he's like a polar opposite in the show. Yeah, so we get to the training yard here, and to your point, Beachhead is basically kind of an even more countrified Arlie Ermy character. He's yeah, out of his point. mind. <laughs> <laughs> very irritable. Uh, and uh, so we're introduced at this point to the aforementioned Rock. Hides. So we've got uh, five people here. We've got undercover intelligence agent Chuckles, explosives disposal tunnel rat. Uh, we got a character named Big Lob, whose specialty is unknown, <laughs> and also he had no toy or comic book counterpart hmm. until 2010. Racist. Uh, I would say that, except there are black G.I. Joe characters, but... Uh, yeah. Anyway. It's true. Uh, Ninja intelligence and finance clerk, according what? to her bio, Jinx. Uh, interesting combination. Finance clerk. So she does the taxes. So and then, she's, so she's good at math. Yeah. Oh no, oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> and then, and then uh, the final character, and actually two characters. So we're talking six mm-hmm. instead of five. Uh, Law and order. Who canine uh, military police? I had that character. Those characters. There. And he's Hispanic. Law and order is yeah. That make, that would make sense. Yeah, he's based on Chief Mary. He is Latin. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm, I did not know that. Well, that's what that's what Buzz Dixon says. It, it makes you know sense that, um, after you hear how he kind of jokes around a little bit. But as Beachhead is laying into these people, Law actually gets credit for proper conduct right off well, the bat. Well, because he's a military cop. He's I, an MP. Well, I, but he he's the only one that gets credit from Beachhead for conducting himself in a proper way. Which I think everybody just, is kind of conducting themselves in a fight. They, they all are standing I think it's straight. just because he's an MP. Oh, you think so? Yeah. He's not wearing a goddamn basketball jersey. <laughs> <laughs> or a fucking Hawaiian shirt. Uh, yeah, and so, and also, speaking of being inspired by, I think we all know that, uh, and everybody knows, that Tunnel Rat is uh, based on Larry Hama, who is the uh, writer and artist for a lot of the G.I. Joe books. I read somewhere that it was pretty standard practice as they mm-hmm. were designing toys to base them on just people in the office. Yeah, place. a lot of people got based on Joe's. Do we ever see Beachhead without his... Uh, are those baklava? A, yeah, I was going to say baklava, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> Beachhead just loves that crispy Medi- Mediterranean treat. Oh my man, it's so good. <laughs> I think he showers with that thing on. <laughs> If actually, if he takes it off, it's just that part of his face floating there. <laughs> he takes it off. There's just another one. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so or it's like a tiger. Whenever you shave a tiger, the skin is actually striped. Ooh. I think that might so not be true. So his skin is baklava? <laughs> yeah, he's got green striped skin. Uh Beachhead, at this point, challenges Lob and Tunnel Rat to cross an obstacle course and ring a bell. He sets them on their way, but it turns out this course is wired with live Live and and, and (laughs) seemingly powerful IEDs under Beachhead's control. He's trying to murder them. Yeah, he is. I have that in my notes. He clearly wants to kill all these recruits. (laughs) Unlike unlike Sergeant Slaughter, who's just trying to test their limits... I think Beachhead's just trying to really set them up to fail. Like, it's, really. Yeah, I have that in my notes, too. Yeah. 
Beach, so so Tunnel Rat, he goes off first here, we see, and, and he kind of circumvents the course by using a using tunnel. A tunnel. <laughs> and, and Big Lob, though, he prefers more direct athleticism, so he jukes and jives and climbs and swims to his destination, all while narrating the action about himself in third person, <laughs> yes. in the patois of a sports commentator. Uh-huh. And uh, each rawhide ends up taking out a turret, uh, and ringing the bell and infuriating Beachhead. Yeah, for, that's the weirdest, for some reason. He's the so mad. Part. Yeah, he's like, so mad that they have the skills it takes to complete the course. They did a good job. Showed teamwork, creative problem solving, and he is yeah. pissed. Yeah, I don't get it. And and maybe I guess I see how he could be a little pissed at Tunnel Rat, but not really. But certainly, uh, Big Lob here completed the course in the fashion it's supposed yes, to be. That's right. You know so. Uh, that ain't the only thing going bananas. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was. We, pretty we good. need to bring Beachhead onto the <laughs> Beach show. Electrified razor wire <laughs> under the water. Yes. I mean, he is doing this the way he's supposed to. The only thing that you could maybe argue uh, was off course is he he does a three pointer into the into the hole of the gun turret here and and blows it up. I don't know if they just weren't supposed to blow it up or just take the shots. They seem pretty loosey-goosey. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, they don't really give you any direction. They just say, go over there and ring that bell. We go on to our next sequence here, the next rawhide challenge, and we this are... This one... Okay. Go, go ahead, what? No, this one is like... Uh, Law says um, he finds the bombs, I drive the car we tried it the other way but it didn't work which I thought was a really solid joke it is, I think so, yeah Uh, so to expand on that we're in a jungle village Uh, the the challenge is there's a time bomb somewhere and Law's gotta get rid of it and he's like, you know, no problem. He whistles, and this giant gray German shepherd, who we we know is Order, appears. And uh, he happens to be a bomb disposal dog. And Beachhead is pissy about this right from the jump. Just like, don't you know what his specialty is? <laughs> right, yeah. And Secondly, how is Law supposed to find that bomb? <laughs> well, right. I would think that you would use a specially trained animal to do this in any circumstance. All of these tests are dangerous and perfect. <laughs> so, Order finds the bomb. He brings it back. Beachhead is panicking. He wrestles the bomb from Order and tosses it. But Order, this is a part that I guess I understand Beachhead's uh, his his attitude <laughs> being a little grumpy. But Order catches it in the midair, frisbee style, brings it back. Beachhead is struggling to get the bomb out of his mouth again as the final seconds count down. Uh, mm-hmm. Law manages to, you know, it's his dog. He's obedient to him. He drops the bomb for him. He chucks it. it Explodes maybe 10, 20 feet over their head. And um, Beachhead, again, is pissed. There's no reason that needed to be a live bomb. No. Actually, it (laughs) it should not have been a live bomb. (laughs) Right. Just oh yeah uh, oh oh you got a dog well that's unfortunate I hid it under a towel in a fucking shanty I thought you'd find it in a minute and twenty eight seconds <laughs> that was your that version of Beachhead wasn't as good. it was more like Mr T I don't know what you were doing there the I dog... did not prepare I got to prepare to do the voices and I that was off the cuff the dog is really well drawn and animated yep. and I'm wondering if it was rotoscoped, rotoscoped yeah oh, you I wondered line. that too I bet it was. In fact, I think a lot of this movie might have been rotoscoped. I think it is this, very smooth. that throw that Beachhead mm-hmm. does, that yeah, looks rotoscoped. Yeah. 
Uh, For our listeners who don't know, rotoscoping is whenever you uh, have live actors perform an action and then you animate the cell over top of that action so it looks more like realistic uh, movement. I was going to give the listener the opportunity Shit. to Google it for them fucking selves. Well, oh, I just, don't want people to have to do their homework. Just, we've mentioned rotoscoping before. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We move to our next challenge, our next rawhide challenge, and we've got Beachhead and <laughs> they just Chuckles. They crazier. And they're hanging with a havoc in the... Uh, among this havoc is a field of, I guess, remotely controlled hiss vehicles. Is, yeah. And the assignment is to target the hiss before it shoots him. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> this is the only one where I'm like, what the fuck? This is the only one? Well, yeah, it's pretty outrageous. I mean, I mean, Chuckles, re- like, problem solving is very suspect. He, he is not the problem solver that Big Lob I, and Tunnel Rat yes. are. I will say, I'll. As Chuckles comes up a little bit more in this movie, I am very intrigued by this guy. Oh, really? I don't know enough about him yet. I'm, He's silent. <laughs> he never says anything. Right. And the things he does is... is Doesn't feel very Joe-worthy. <laughs> uh, they're amazing. They're outrageous. I kind of think he's my favorite character. Well, let's get into this. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. Chuckle misses his opportunity to target the hiss. He panics, flips open the <laughs> cockpit, which uh, which flips Beachhead over. Um, he grabs a rocket. I don't think this... he panics. It looks like he gets pissed off. Yeah, maybe and he's it's just like, okay. "Fuck it." He's like, "I gotta do what I gotta do." He he runs to the side of the havoc, grabs a missile, runs forward <laughs> to the hiss, and just chucks it at the hiss, uh, blowing it up. Conservatively, not- that missile weighs 500 pounds. <laughs> well, he is a stocky fella. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody that stocky should be able to chuck a bomb uh, <laughs> 30 feet or however far that was. But um, mission accomplished. What's Beachhead, his of course, story? yells at him. He wears, like, I don't know. Why is he I called haven't... Chuckles? He wears a kind of a, a he's a, in like a, he, a Bermuda I, shirt. I think I have this later in Buzz Dixon, but he's based like on basically a Miami Vice character. He's an undercover <sighs> intelligence agent. Next scene here. Next next challenge, I guess. We see Jinx in a dojo. She's uh, practicing some kicks here, which love, also feels rotoscoped. It does. Because I also but I love the way it's it's animated, like the mm-hmm. fast dynamic action, especially on her yeah. kick. It's yeah. really good. They do a great job. It doesn't feel kind of cheap in the way that similar Transformers the movie animations felt. I cheap. have no idea what you mean. <laughs> and uh, so Beachhead shows up and he, he gives her the business because she's not training with Falcon. And she surmises it's because Falcon is scared to fight her. But Beachhead says maybe it's because she is one bad luck lady. <laughs> <laughs> we all got a Beachhead. <laughs> and it's, it's a fun one. She does a lot of awkward winking. Uh, she does. And if you notice I, I didn't mention, I think I wrote this in my other Knows, but like law winks a lot too. Oh, really? Yeah, he does some winking. I'm like, what is happening? But <laughs> Maybe there's also this had strokes. This, <laughs> there's also this part where he, Jinx is talking to him and uh, he says, Don't call me sir. And like, um, why not? Well, he's not an officer. Oh, is that right? Um, which I actually did a dive on this because that's a sergeant's joke, like a drill sergeant. Um, mm-hmm. I'm no officer, I work for a living. That's uh, like that joke. Mm-hmm. But like uh, in the U.S. Air Force, uh, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard, sir or ma'am is used for a drill sergeant. Um, but in the Army, it's drill sergeant. Um, and yeah. like in the Marines, it's drill instructor. Yeah, drill instructor is also, that's what, yeah. Um, it's the se- second lieutenant is the first officer class. Before okay. that, you don't get one. I, 
I just so basically somebody so he's not even qualified to be training them. No, that sergeants do do the training. <laughs> okay, all right. I That's just what they... I just think he's so irritated at this point that no one's died that he's like, <laughs> I, I, this is the last chance I have to kill somebody. Yeah, a recruit. There's more. There's more on the. I was fast. I went down a deep dive of the officer like um, rankings on mm-hmm. GI Joe. So there's more on that later, which is really bizarre and interesting. And I didn't understand until I watched it this last this last time. Cool. Well, so she challenges Beachhead to spar at this point, and he yells at her for closing her eyes uh, before the battle. They they fight. He kind of kicks her ass a little bit, tells her she's not going to make it as part of the Joe program. And uh, then she puts on a blindfold, explains that her ninja master was blind, and then she fucks Beachhead up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. This is also another... <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. This is another trope, actually. Uh, the blind weapons master. Uh, it's a sub-trope of the handicapped badass. And um, I the, my, the one that sticks out in my mind of the, this kind of thing is, Aaron, you might remember this, the Rudger Hauer movie, Blind Fury. Where yeah. he plays a blind mm-hmm. ninja. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I do remember that well. And I, I think there's a, a, also is maybe somewhat related to another trope, like the drunken master. Yeah, that's another, it's in there, yeah. Or, or like the old man master, like the, the, the badass old man sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's a handicapped involved. Exactly. Right, yeah. of some sort. But just because you have a blind master... <laughs> I know. It's chaos. Like, how... You would think I, that I, we she can't would... litigate like how ridiculous it is, but I would. It's super... I would argue if I was in her position, don't wait to pull that that ace in the hole out after you've got your ass kicked. Just go around blind all the time, kicking ass. Yeah, I mean, she could have just closed her eyes at any point in time and <laughs> fucked. Why does up. her hood even have eye holes? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> She should wear it backwards. The irony. How the, much harder is that to look? The irony of that fight that we just saw <laughs> was that the only thing that Beach has, has exposed on his head is his eyes. <laughs> and then she's levels. covering up her eyes. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is getting she, deep. She man. should have told him to turn his mask around. <laughs> Learn a thing or two. She should have fucked him up even more <laughs> in, in the land of the blind. <laughs> so they say. The land of the blinds. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh,. We, at this point, cut to Lieutenant Falcon. This fucking nozzle. (laughs) (laughs) He is out with some very nice, petite, young, southern blonde. And And I... I'm just, just real quick, I just gotta say, this is the third generic brown-haired white dude we've, in a hat, that we're seeing, and I start to get them kind of confused. Between him and Flint and General General Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, the, the part later, I definitely confused uh, him, Falcon, and Flint at a certain point. It doesn't help they both wear berets. Right, yeah. They, like, mix it up a little bit genetically, <laughs> character designers. Uh, so he's hanging out with uh, with a young lady, and mm-hmm. she is just all of, all of vapors yeah. at the My fact that, that she is within spitting distance of Serpentor. Now... We, because we've watched the movie, know she's a spy. But shouldn't the very fact that she knows who Serpentor is be a, be a tip off? Well, based on the based on the security at this place, 
Well, or the guy running security. My thought place. is that that Flint or Falcon picked her up in a bar and told her all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, she, I, I can see that. Like she was positioning herself because she knows that he's a weak link. Yeah. He he's, makes his move. Everything. Oh my! I'd love to see such a face. strong man. Who Serpentor? Oh, it sounds interesting. <laughs> is, is, is he a human in a reptile costume, or is that or is that is reptile? That is that part of his head? I don't understand why those fingernails on his gloves. Where do those snakes come from? Are they robots? Are they robots or real snakes? Is it breaking the spines when it turns them into spears? She just leads him into an existential crisis. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, we mentioned on Twitter this, like, I guess uh, Lieutenant Falcon is supposed to be the Hot Rod analog in this movie. I hate him way more than oh, I ever yes. hated Hot Rod. He's much worse than Hot Rod. <laughs> Hot Rod does some stuff like warning people that the Decepticons are attacking. <laughs> right. Whereas he, Falcon is the opposite. Yeah. He's Hot the Rod problem. Is, Hot Rod is impetuous. Uh, and maybe doesn't think before he acts. This guy doesn't think <laughs> <laughs> and just acts. So he uh, he. So we know she's a spy uh, at this point. Spoilers, but, but do, at this but point the, but, he's showing her yeah. around the office. Mm-hmm. I, and I only say it because I was looking around for, to see if there was any little tips of her like touching your earrings or something like that. But I didn't really see it. Well, maybe right there. It looks like she's got something going on. It's hard. It's it's hard to see her actual spy work, but. He tosses in some smooth lines while accessing the chamber. He spins her around for a little grope. And um, also, he's a new recruit. Why does he have access to no, all this to begin well, with? And why is he, he hasn't the, even gone through the training. Right. Why is he the only... We, we know why because movie, but why... But on the other hand, is there no one else guarding Serpentor? Is there no one else guarding well, the base? Yeah. We'll find out in the next minute. A little bit more about that. But. Right, yeah, this is the first intro into the the, the place where Serpentor's being guarded. But then Flint does, or Flint, damn it. It doesn't help they're both F names either. Right. Falcon <laughs> uh, pulls off this stupid thing trick he's shot. about to do. Yeah, he, he, he pulls out a pistol, does a little trick shot, four walls and through some tech manuals, <laughs> which <laughs> he does not like tech manuals, by the way. Oh, yeah. More so we'll on see, that later. We'll see that soon. <laughs> and this all just feels very irresponsible, but she begs for Mo, and he pops another one over to his shoulder that uh, whizzes by none other than Duke. He is busted. He's shooting his gun inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's- and he must have practiced this, I can only assume, because if not, that was even more irresponsible. Who knows how many tech manuals have, <laughs> have fallen at the hands of Lieutenant Falcon. He almost murders Duke. And uh, we'll call it manslaughter. Duke goes off on him. He takes his date's camera for the idiotic was, decisions. He calls on Jinx, yeah. and he's like, get this woman well, out of here. Well, this is bef- just a little comment on the camera, mm-hmm. because uh, I didn't recognize that film. Because the film is a li- looks like a black CD, mm-hmm. basically. And it's disc film, which was a thing that Kodak introduced in 1982. Yeah. Um, it had 15 pictures on it, 10 by 8 millimeter exposures, was unsuccessful because of the combination of being high grain and poor definition. We, we had one. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I'm going to get you with the Kodak disc. Oh, shit. I'm going to get you. I'm not going to miss. I'm going <laughs> wow. to get you with psychotic. the Kodak disc. I'm going to get you with the Kodak disc. What nice. was the benefit they claimed it had? It was a thin camera. It was small oh, and okay. compact. Right. We, my mom had one for a while. 
It was uh, discontinued in on New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. The discs look like uh, the what are those things called? Uh, the uh, k- kinescope or no, the the toy, the three D. Oh, uh, uh, viewfinder. Uh, yes, but, yeah, they look like a, a viewfinder disc. I love a grain effect on film. You find in many of my works that I will apply the, that filter. It's great if you have a high definition with this file to work right, from. Right, right, right. I, I don't know what kind of resolution we're dealing with. The Kodak I, is... I just told you. I'm going to oh, did it say the, the resolution? It didn't say the resolution, okay. but it was 10 by 8 millimeter exposure, so it's pretty shitty. Right. Um, but I did, like, just a tangent real quick. So as a spy, she's using the worst equipment possible. Well... She'd be better She's off. Not, it's a decoy around. camera, as we'll see soon. Oh, that is true. Right. Um, but this led me to the Minolta Disc Seven, which was another introduced in 1983, which uh, had a convex mirror over the lens, and that was the first aid to taking a selfie. Huh. Interesting. Ah, oh, they started that trend. That's all my camera talk. And this was the <laughs> Autopod Decepticast camera, camera moment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I look good. <laughs> So, Jinx walks the blonde back to her convertible. The most awkward conversation that has ever happened <laughs> takes weird. place. Uh, the blonde goes on about Falcon's hunkiness. Uh, but I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. She's a little drunk. At this <laughs> sure. I mean, they were at the bar. Uh, and, and Jinx is like, uh, as a matter of fact, I did have a kind of date with Falcon. But he's not going to have much time for socializing with either of us from here on. I just found that to be a weird line. Why did she have to... Uh, bring the, like is she trying to? They're like, having show two different conversations. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, I went on a date with him too, and it wasn't successful. So really, I w- I'm just making myself like a like a loser just for bringing it up. <laughs> I will say, well, I think she was referring to sparring with him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Not an actual date. Okay. I though, took it to mean that maybe he had flirted with her with some success. Well, we'll see him uh, do it so. with none later. Well, <laughs> I, even that, I mean, as terrible as that scene is, which everybody probably knows what we're referring to, but I'm not going to go into detail in we'll it get there. at this moment. Uh, I feel like there's like a, I mean, she's irritated at him and doesn't like it, but I feel like they have a history that. At one point, she was. I Falcon's probably just like attempted to bang everybody. So well, anyway, Uh, but uh, it irritates me in every close up that uh, the animation they have this weird extra line under their nose, and that's probably just a me thing that bothers me as an artist. But I'm like this, that little thing. Oh, I don't mind that line. It's on every character, and it bugs the shit out of me. It's a, uh, it's just a little definition. I don't, I, they don't need it, but it doesn't bug me. I kind of like it as a detail in certain like kinds of drawings and illustrations, but um, it didn't feel All right. necessary. I just there. Made... No, it is. Yep. All right, you're stupid. Yep. We see Duke and Falcon. They're continuing to go at it. Uh, Falcon says he's an officer and pulling rank, which makes no sense, right? Well, I have information on that. I mean, Lieutenant Falcon. Okay. He is an officer. A lieutenant is the op- the lowest officer rank. Uh-huh. But, but but he can't pull rank on Duke, who would be a higher officer. He's not. Duke what? is not an officer. Duke is what? a sergeant. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm learning. I thought, Duke, I thought Duke was an officer, for sure. No, that's why he says I'm pulling rank. Because okay. he, oh. Falcon's an officer and Duke isn't. So is it okay for Duke to be yelling at him to begin with? Pretty much. He a, says you're close to insubordination, but he's more like insubordination. <laughs> like, because Duke does not outrank him. Right. Um, but it is weird because there are, like, no captains, majors, or colonels in this show. We skip straight from lieutenant, which is Falcon, to brigadier general, which is Hawk. 
Hmm. So Falcon is higher ranked, but he's also a new recruit that yeah. needs to go through Joe training. And wow. Okay. Yep. I mean, he's a bad officer. <laughs> and and I guess then the, is the accusation of insubordination just not necessarily being insubordinate to Duke, but being insubordinate, like derelict that, of duty. Yeah, shooting like, a gun, shooting a, <laughs> right. firing a, a weapon inside a building on security. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do. The insubordination line feels weird because it's not. I think insubordination has to be directly verbally contradicting a superior officer, so which he's not doing, but you know, but. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! All right, the, the fact that he outranks Duke, yeah, makes that blew my, my mind. Makes my head explode, <laughs> and and the fact that he just says it and pulls that card there. Mm-hmm. They actually didn't need to pull that card to advance the story along, but he's just like, everybody in this movie is because, like coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yo, Joe. <laughs> the the scene shifts, and we are following the blonde into the woods, and her uh, license plate says Heather. By the way. Oh, really? Yep. And that is her name. Yep. And the, More on that? Uh, well, I'll just say it now. Buzz, Please in, do. In my Buzz Dixon commentary, Heather is his daughter's name. Oh, that's sweet. I guess. <laughs> well, well, his daughter gets out of the car <laughs> and <laughs> takes off her sundress to reveal a nice floral one-piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting ready to take a little dipsy doodle. And suddenly she's grabbed from behind by now, Dreadnought Thrasher. This is so weird to me. And, and he says to her... Taking a dip, love. <laughs> yeah. That's an excellent thrasher, by the and way. And at this point, he whips off her wig, uh, revealing herself to be, Zarana, I didn't know it she, was you. She, she chucks him in the pond. <laughs> That's the weirdest part. Weren't you fuckers waiting for her? There's a lot weird here. So first of all, was he going to rape her if it wasn't Zarana? I think that's implied. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like this is an established meetup point. Mm-hmm. Everybody should know the gig on what she was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it Maybe shouldn't be a surprise if I was, that that's who that the, is. Knowing the Dreadnoughts, they probably kept it from him as a practical joke. <laughs> They're like, he, he's de- he wants to rape so hard. He's definitely going to try watch, to fuck watch her. This, watch and this. And she's going to fuck him up. Yeah, watch this. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, lots of stuff. And then also not to mention... Why she she knows this is a meetup point with her crew. Why she need to go for a swim right now? That is really weird. Like, well, she never gets in the water. I think she's changing. No. She's changing her outfit. But, but she's, she's got a swimsuit. Well, originally, I believe if the storyboards I've seen, she did not have a swimsuit. Yes, originally, I have information oh, on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, so um, okay, go on into that, right? Well, like, yeah, this was because it's not really a script deviation because it wasn't in the the finished. Script or whatever, but originally to get like Transformers and GI Joe both wanted a PG rating, mm-hmm. and that was because PG uh, movies had more runs longer in the theater uh, during the and they played more times during the day. Um, so to get a PG rating, this was originally going to be a quasi topless scene, so where you get like side quasi boob. side boob and bottom boob, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, uh, no nip. No. no, you don't get a nipple. No. Um, and then whenever it was decided that it was going straight to video, they were like, we're not doing all of that. Okay. <laughs> sort of like the way they took shit out of the, the re-release for video for Transformers. So Spike says shit. So they had to do something. So they gave her a bathing suit. Yeah. So it, should I do a, a G.I. Joe storyboard search? I mean, it was all over our... Uh, Surge brought it to our attention. I I missed it. But yeah, here they are. So she was going to take... She was just going to be naked under the dress. Yeah. Yeah, That's some serious underboob. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be darned. He's 
I like that that's what they resorted to. They're like, we got this to be PG-13. The violence isn't enough. The, the, stake, the snake stabbing through Duke's chest that's isn't enough. That's an excellent point. Uh, we've got to throw some titty in there. That is a great point. It, uh, more co- Stay tuned for APDC commentary on sex versus violence. Yes. <laughs> Everybody looks to the Autopod Decepticast for their moral compass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just three middle-aged white dudes. What more could you ask for? <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, we've got a history of greatness. It's absolutely. Uh, so Zartan, the rest of the crew, they show up. They commend her work. It's revealed that that she had earring cameras yep. that were recording everything this whole time. I wonder if that film looks like tiny little discs. That's yeah. a pretty solid plan, actually. I thought that was fairly clever, like yeah. a fairly clever mm-hmm. reveal. It is. I mean, it, it's obvious that Falcon is weak, and they took advantage of that. He's thinking with the little head. Yeah. <laughs> Burp. <laughs> Speaking you. of little head, from underneath... <laughs> Thrasher, so that funky long dong brain bubble thing emerges, Mm -hmm. and Nemesis and Pythona show up to pay kudos to the group, and they're going to use the information collected uh, to free Serpentor tonight. So that's the end of this minute, guys. What do you think? And by minute, I mean like ten minutes. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm a bit pissed off. That's the, the end of this deck a minute. At the Joes. Mm-hmm. Not the Joes, but Falcon. I'm just Falcon. Thinking, Falcon's dropping the ball. He is a piece of garbage. And I hope he redeems himself. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't, I haven't watched far ahead. I, I, I have not been watching ahead either, Caleb. Oh, really? I think you're the only Caleb one who's watched oh, the third. Like with Transformers the movie, <laughs> the I've been tables keeping... Tables of turns. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, more than we do. So the turntables. <laughs> yeah. I kind of... Wiki, wiki. Yeah. As is customary for this program, uh, we have a section that, uh, called Script Deviations. <laughs> Ryan. Yes. I don't have any script deviations. Oh, okay. Why don't you Why don't you hop right into it? Um, well, as I mentioned before, I don't have a full um, or even a part, barely a partial. Uh, it's possible, though, that Ron Friedman is handing that over to Aaron and Mike oh, that'd right be amazing. now. Oh, that's interview. not true. First of all, he doesn't know we're looking for it. Second of all, there's no guarantee we'll meet him. Third of all, I asked him for it in the email, but yeah. he didn't respond to that request when he replied to you. True. <laughs> You're not Such. getting it. It's the long and the short of it. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so basically, I just have what here is the outline for kind of what we just saw, um, showcasing the new Joes. Maybe Shipwreck has been away and must be introduced to Beavers by Roadblock, which I guess was their name, the hmm. Beavers, instead of the Roughnecks or whatever, or Recruits. I'm just or... bummed that Shipwreck wasn't put back in. I know. There was an attempt here by Ron to do so. Well, we meet and see familiar Joes, Leatherneck, Wetsuit, etc. Meet the rookie unit, which is completing its training, or in the midst of, or beginning training. Uh, we see the Bad Apple is Lieutenant Hawk, who is unafraid of Roadblock and Gung Ho, who are training the unit. He's disrespectful and comes on with Lady J, and then with Jinx, who rebuffs him. Other Joes in the unit aren't thrilled to see him there. We learn that Hawk is General Hawk's son and is not proud of it. He in the, in the Falcon is, called, is General General Hawk's son. Yes, okay. which oh. makes more sense. Birds. Well, I have a note on that in the next okay. episode. Um, and then here in the outline, he's called Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk has always been a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> then we see Jinx. He's there's a note on the side where it says, "See Jinx, have bad luck and deal with it." <laughs> is that Ron's handwriting? Yes. Oh, he's got good handwriting. Yeah, it's nice. Um, that's pretty much it for that script deviation for the Buzz Dixon um, commentary that is on this epi- this uh, edition of the uh, Blu-ray DVD. Um, 
He wanted to have the new recruits come in and be trained as new Joes to show the process of becoming a Joe. Uh, tried to give them as much personality as he could. Um, and this is a quote. To Joe's credit, even though they are kind of guilty... Of e oh, wait, that's not a quote. This is my my information. <laughs> I've said to Joe's credit, even though they're kind of guilty of each character being defined by a quirk, um, they do have distinctive voices and roles, except, like we mentioned earlier, Hawk, Flint, and Duke are kind of all the same guy. Right. Yeah. Um, Law was based on Cheech Marin. Uh, Chuckles is a Miami Vice character. And then Heather is Zorana Dixon's daughter's name. So I would, you know, you would think that Chuckles would have speaking parts yeah. and portrayed by Don Johnson. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was interesting considering Don Johnson, but I don't know, whatever. So He's like, no, nah, I want that Falcon part. That makes sense. He probably had the pick <laughs> I, I looked up the Falcon toy profile. Does not mention anything about being Duke's brother. Uh, he's a second generation Green Beret. His father served with the 10th uh, SFGA, Special Forces Group Airborne, which is interesting because in the movie later, and maybe this is saved for next episode, Duke, <laughs> it's it becomes clear that they share a mother, not a father. Right. But... I, Sorry, this isn't really that interesting. No, it is. No, I, <laughs> I, I should be cut. No, no, no. I, I like the file cards. And as a matter of fact... It blows my mind you would even talk to me? <laughs> I, it's a soft threw, threw him right off his game. Because a girl <laughs> likes to use like a dream come true, a real life fantasy. I, I, what is that from? No matter what your friends try to tell, we can maybe fall in love. And we can be together in any that? kind of weather. It's like that. It's like that. Every little step I take. I was trying so hard to have a segue here. This is all staying in. <laughs> so uh, I made a Joe character. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot all about this. Yeah. Perfect timing. And uh, actually found a, a website where you can uh, enter in information and it'll generate a file card that you can print up. What is that website? That website is joecustoms.com. And there is uh, a file card thing, and you can basically go through. And yeah, there's a bunch of categories. You enter a bunch of like stuff, and then it, it populates right. the, the categories. Yeah. So I did it. Uh, I, Excellent. Before that, I was like, you know, it'd be cool if we made up our own Joe characters. So I hmm. made one. Uh, and uh, so I, I, with your permission, I'd like to uh, introduce him to... Permission denied. Okay. Yeah, nope. nope. We're skipping it. <laughs> Proceed. Okay. So um, my character's name, he's called Hardtack. That's a great name. And uh, he is, uh, basically, I'll just have to read this for yep. you. Hard we'll, we'll put a picture of this up on, on both yeah. uh, uh, our social media and our webpage. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's Hardtack, uh, file name Harold Blandison, <laughs> primary military specialty infantry, Second military specialty musketry. <laughs> <laughs> From Reno, Nevada. Hardtack, an avid and some would say delusional civil warrior actor, Hardtack fully dedicates himself to his role as a Union infantry soldier. Blurring the lines of reality, Hardtack was arrested after taking a reenactment too far. At a reenactment of the Union defeat at Chickamauga, he shocked spectators with a sudden cry of, Not this time, and led a charge against the rebel agitators, injuring 35 participants and burning his axbees to the ground. G.I. Joe was impressed by hardtack patriotism, <laughs> and recruited him for the fight against Cobra. 
Honestly, that sounds like somebody they'd go for. <laughs> yeah. Hardtack can fire and reload. This is additional. Then there's another play for additional, additional information. information. Mm-hmm. Hardtack can fire and reload his muzzle loader in under 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> A remarkable feat by 19th century standards. He is convinced that the identity behind Cobra Commander's faceplate is Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis. The yes. president of the Confederacy. He is actively quoting Scarlet. <laughs> Bellini. Yeah. And then I've got a picture of him here. I found a picture of a guy giving a demonstration in a classroom. <laughs> Screaming yeah, in front the, of children. The, so, anyway, that's him. So, yeah, we can get this up oh, online. I'll, I'll send the file. Oh, that's great. But uh, I'm thinking it would be interesting to see. Uh, so you guys create some characters, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and also, it would be interesting to see our listeners create some. Oh, maybe great idea! Submit well, let's put out a, a creativity challenge okay. out to the listeners. Yeah, let's talk right. about it. Well, okay, we can work this out here. So, <clears throat> I think a great idea would be if uh, we put out a link to this website, yeah. encourage listeners to uh, go out there to that link, like, create your create your own profile, JoeCustoms.com. JoeCustoms.com. Create your own profile. Uh, we'll put out a tweet challenge. Yeah. Create your profile. Retweet that challenge. Add a picture of your profile. Mm-hmm. We will take those pictures. Uh, should we judge the best or do a random drawing? Random, I think random. Random drawing. Random drawing. And we'll, at the end, whenever we're done, we can also... A few minutes later. Okay, we're back. And I think we've worked out the kinks of this. Caleb, mm-hmm. podcast magic. Get yes. into it. All right. So uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to call it the, the G My Joe file card challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to put, I'm going to put our, we're going to put our file card up there as an example with the link to Joe Customs. Listeners can go on Twitter. They can, they can create on Joe Customs, upload it into Twitter and then um, tag us. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at yeah, us, at us, at us. yeah. Uh, also, you can tag uh, hashtag uh, G my Joe, and I and, and I like we'll, we'll standardize that when we put the file card up. If it, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we'll get those. And I think by the last episode of our GI Joe mini series, I think we then will uh, take all those. We'll draw a, a profile at random. And we'll announce it, and they will get a prize from yeah. us. And we'll re- obviously retweet each one that we get, and you know, so showcase them throughout the 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 this process. And then, yeah, like Caleb said, whenever it's all said and done, our final episode, we will randomly choose a winner. And I think what you are playing for is a collection of Autopod Decepticash swag. So at this point, we will uh, this winner, this lucky winner, will get a. Uh, poster, the cup recruitment poster. We also have some buttons remaining and uh, another gift, another prize yet to be named yeah, of the probably, projects that Ryan and I are working we'll, on. We should, we should come up with a G.I. Joe-centric prize. I think that's a good idea. That will be in the in the vein I of the poster it. and the buttons that we already have up on our store, yeah. our website, autobodecepticast.com slash store. Yeah. And that'll incentivize those who may already have the yeah, uh, APDC exactly. swag as well. They'd be like, I don't want your, more of your fucking buttons. Your tchotchkes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, G- <laughs> the the G-, G My Joe. G My Joe. G My Joe. File card challenge. File card challenge. Yes. Oh my God. In this the is books. convoluted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. We, uh, I've got a few voice actors I'd oh, like to cover. Okay. If I may be so bold. Uh, proceed uh, carefully, counselor. Okay. okay. 
We start with General Hawk. I'm just going to go into this briefly because we we know Ed Gilbert, the voice of General Hawk. We've covered him. We talked about him at TFCon. He is a noted entomologist. Uh, he voiced Blitzwing, Thrust, and Superion, as well as Baloo and Tailspin, Mr. Smee in the 80s, <laughs> Peter Pan and the Pirates. He's passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. And, and uh, I think he's the only one that we've already covered from our Transformer times. So we move on to Flint, who was voiced by Bill Ratner. This guy had 45 regular season episodes. By the way, Ed Gilbert had 19 episodes. Um, 45 regular season episodes, plus the movie, plus the miniseries. This guy is a storytelling aficionado. He is a nine-time winner of the Moth Story Slams. Oh. He, he does lots of storytelling on NPR, as far as voice work, lots of video game work, and big franchises, Grand Theft Auto, Mass Effect. He voiced Flint in episodes of Community, Robot Chicken, and Family Guy. And he's a lot. Nice. He's still Yay! with us. Yay! He's still alive and kicking. <clears throat> Let's talk about Beachhead for a second. Oh, boy. <laughs> for 22 episodes, voiced by William Calloway, who has lots of TV, movie, voiceover work. Uh, his work dates all the way back to Gomer Pyle. He was on that series, Love American Style. He was on the original, voiced on the original, I don't know which character, but the 1972 C-Lab 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annie Hall, Aquaman. He was Bizarro on Super Friends. I feel like everybody's voiced Spider-Man at some point it seems that time way. or another, and he is among those people. He was also on that strange, weird, animated The Dukes television oh, yeah, series. yeah, we've mentioned that before. Inhumanoids, DuckTales, Camp Candy. Do you guys remember that yep. one? That was fun. <laughs> did, did John Candy voice his character on Camp Candy? I never saw Camp Candy. Oh, really? You don't no. recall it? It was on around the same time as Captain N and those kind of... The Game Master? <laughs> yes. I watched Captain N. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> he, it looks like he, uh, William Calloway retired around 96. That's kind of where his credit ends. He's alive. Oh, Yay! good. We've got, next up is Lisa Raggio. Uh, Raggio? R-A-G-G-I-O. How would you pronounce that, Caleb? Raggio. Raggio. Sounds good to me. Yeah. The voice of Zorana. 13 episodes of Joe. She's uh, from New York City. Uh, lots of television work, Private Benjamin, Benjamin uh, Married with Children, voice work, New Adventures of Mighty Mouse, Animaniacs. <laughs> I thought this was a funny title for a cartoon. Ah, Real Monsters. <laughs> That's a very popular cartoon. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> it's recall. great. I, rec- I highly recommend it. It's I don't really recall good. it. And The Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald. I'm happy to say that she is alive. Damn. Well. Does it seem to you guys that these Joe-specific actors... Are alive? <laughs> <laughs> ...tend to be with us while Transformers ones, uh, actors, centric actors, are, are with baby blue-eyed being, Jesus? Were these being made at the same time or no? They were. They were concurrent. Yeah. So maybe Transformers got all the, you know, the, 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 class, a, the like, class A voice actors and... I do feel like Transformers got more um, veteran yeah. voice actors, whereas GI Joe is much more is much younger, uh, yeah. greener. Do you uh, think actors. that is a budget factor? Do you think veterans cost more to bring in? I would think so. Hmm. I, I would say your Frank Welkers and your Peter Cullens probably get more uh, per diem than your which Ed Smigels. <laughs> 
How, how about Bill Ratner's? Uh, well, I don't want to cast any shade. Or William Calloway's. That, you know, that, and maybe that also speaks to the fact that when those guys do voices for the, the Frank Wilkers <clears throat> and, and, and the like do voices on G.I. Joe, their roles are pretty limited. Yeah, it's like small. they just get to come in and Nemesis Enforcer, we just, Peter, we just need you to grunt for about <laughs> 20 minutes and then we're just throwing it in there. Go, go, go jack off in the bathroom. We'll record it. We'll use it. Ooh. I don't know why that seems so well, silly. I'll never just... be able to watch Nimbus and Enforcer in the same way again. <laughs> you know what it's time for, guys. What? Iconic Jomans. Caleb, you got yeah. an iconic Joman for this little sequence here? Um, <laughs> I never. I should always think of this shit ahead of time. But... I just, I'm just always grossed out by that thing that comes out of the water and then melts back into the water. <laughs> also, that, by that's the way, that's ship. a pond. Like, is that connected to the ocean? How that's did a, they get yeah. there? Were, were they? Have they just been laying under there for like a long time? Okay, they're going to be here in a minute. Smokers are everywhere. They're like stuck in that little thing. If you fart inside that thing, it's going to smell really bad. (laughs) It's going to smell bad anyway. It's a biological creature. That's (laughs) true. That thing probably farts inside itself. (laughs) And I bet Nemesis Enforcer. Nemesis Enforcer. Nemesis Enforcer. I bet Nemesis Nemesis and Farter. (laughs) I bet he can rip some. jokes. I bet he can rip Mm -hmm. some. I think I think uh, Ryan, you want um, to it's a bit of a cop out, but all of Beachhead scenes mm-hmm. are yeah. glorious. Yeah. His reactions are like he is on some other level of being an insane person yeah. who wants to murder the people under his charge. Yeah, I don't think he's trying to train them. Not at all. <laughs> I that's my note here as well. I thought I forgot how much of an asshole he is. Oh man. In the best way possible. <laughs> and and for little reason. Yeah, seemingly none. <laughs> well, I think we're wrapping it up then. Did, wrap it up did, and did wrap you have it a, out. Do you have an iconic gentleman? I'm, I'm copying oh, yeah. Ryan's. I, I will just say really quick, at this up to this point, uh, similar to the Transformers, it just seems like the, co- the, like the bad guys are so much more organized and structured. Mm-hmm. And like you know, the 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 Joes like let people on their base, and there's as we'll see, like in- this this they're using like the 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 guy that's instructing these new recruits is just like <laughs> trying to kill them, and yeah. it just seems like a hot mess. Yeah, it's yeah. true. The organization is not as good as we'll see in the next minute. Their security is pretty garbage as well. Yeah, which that. That theme overlays well with how you would talk about the Autobots and the Decepticons Decepticons during Transformers, the movie, as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, like communicating from Prime to who was it? Like, Jazz, the Moose Mace 2. Well, not to mention they just let Laserbeak watch all the shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) What is Maybe they are uh, uh, exhibitionists. (laughs) <laughs> They're like, I can't get off unless somebody's watching yeah. me do my job. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for those who have been supporting us at the APDC store. Uh, we still have some cup recruitment posters left, as well as some of the pin series, uh, illustrated and designed by Ryan and me, Aaron. And uh, uh, the cup recruitment poster. I'm sorry. I don't want to insinuate that I drew the cup recruitment poster. That was all Ryan. Yeah, was but you punched it up. I like your, your, pin, yeah. your polish it's on good it. good stuff. I love it. So we appreciate your patronage. More artwork on the way. Get it now. Supplies limited. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Unless we decide to do reprints. Yeah, probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) Please continue to listen and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. iTunes users, uh, why don't you subscribe? Why don't you leave a review? Yeah, we haven't got one in a while. 
We haven't. No. Shout out to David Cabal. Yeah. Let's get the last one out there. That's right. Who's going to unseat? What, eight months ago? Who's going to unseat Dave? Yeah, probably. I want to say like (laughs) Please, new listeners. We've gotten a bunch of new uh, followers, and I'm sure new listeners, um, you know, go go give us a five-star review. It it helps us out. It does. All those those people are are, uh, listening to the old episodes, so they're not going to hear hear our begging until (laughs) until right now. Uh, we need validation. Follow us while you're at it. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them at APODDCast and our web presence, autopoddecepticast.com, where we've got our shop, our merch, and where we put bonus information yeah, that's good relative stuff. to what we talked about during the episode. Riot Jet, is anything up there yet? Not yet. <laughs> Do you have a plan for anything to be up there? Oh, I got... Some I uh, the file card <laughs> file card challenge candies kids is that the name of it camp candy camp candy kids candy kids candy <laughs> oh, uh, yeah yeah I'll put up the GI Joe <laughs> oh God what's happening <laughs> all right usually he's still on the ball with this, this segment fell apart bye. okay bye everybody uh, bye bye this bye. was a terrible <laughs> episode no, don't say that. <laughs> This is one Christmas you're not gonna miss, cause I'm gonna get you the Kodak Disc. I'm gonna get you the Kodak Disc, so you can take pictures as easy as this. Look at all the shots you're not gonna miss when I get you the Kodak Disc. The Kodak Disc camera loads in a snap, advances automatically, and has a built-in flash. Nothing's easier, nothing's more fun. That's why you're gonna get it. You'll remember Christmas just like this when I get you the Kodak Disc. Blow cells, blow cells, where we sell good.